It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with, with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, 11 yard touchdown. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are Rush, your daily local sports fix, four to six. I am Brett Rump. Adam Lundy, our producer. Know what's strange is lately, this week, my voice has started about like my car does in cold weather. Like that first word or two, it's like, okay, it's not quite there yet. And then all of a sudden, once it runs, ah, oh, just hums like a bird. <laughs> Got a big show coming up today, up until six o'clock. We're going to be joined by Kent Sterling later this hour, about 30 minutes down the road. We also have Greg Rakestraw joining us at 520. Eric Dutkavich talking high school basketball. That'll be coming up at 535. Of course, a lot of things happening with it being Super Bowl week. You've got the NBA. You've got college basketball. Mastodons last night. Tough one against Cleveland State. And the big rivalry game coming up on Saturday. It's going to be Purdue-IU live from Mackey Arena. And we've got your coverage with the Purdue Radio Network right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. All right, Adam, I know you're an NBA guy. How exciting was today? I've got the list here. Give me give me the highlight in your mind. Where Where's the Knicks trade? My highlight is the Knicks <clears throat> got Bojan Bogdanovic and... Bojan. <laughs> and we also got Alec Burks. Uh, so, uh, where's... Uh, where, I'm trying to find the... You're bug. good. Yeah. It's, it's... There it is. Bojan Bogdanovic, Alec Burks to the Knicks. Uh, Fournier's gone. That's okay. He didn't play much with us at all anyway. No, he didn't. What happened to him? He just Did uh, he get hurt or was he just He just fell out of the rotation. We had other guards, we had younger guards at the end uh, just we really didn't need him. Uh so really the Knicks give up nobody in the rotation. Was uh, was Grimes in the rotation? Grimes was in there, but uh he just never really rose to the level I think the Knicks expected him to. He's a good young player, but uh, he wasn't going to be a, a, a contributor in, in a playoff run, I don't think. Uh, well, now they've got a reason for a Rogaine sponsorship, because they got Bogdanovich. <laughs> <laughs> um, not the best hair in the NBA. Not not the best hair. It's getting a little thin. That's okay. If you can hoop, I don't care what your head looks That's, like. He's got to shoot. He, you know, you. I know you. Oh, man. Shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot. And have you been out shooting yet this year? I mean, you've got this great weather right now. Did you get out and shoot some today? I have not yet. I have to still Shame get out on there. You. I know. You're going to lose your title as a shooter. Oh, man. Uh, but uh, today <laughs> was the NBA trade deadline, and the Indiana Pacers were active. Mm -hmm. It's not Andrew Wiggins. Uh, the Pacers actually get a couple, a couple of former Pacers, right? A couple right. of guys they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Doug McBuckets, Doug McDermott is coming back to the Pacers. Welcome back, Dougie. And look at who he got traded for, Marcus Morris. Now, most people don't even know that he was an Indiana Pacer. <laughs> and uh, if you blinked, you probably did not realize Marcus Morris was an Indiana Pacer. 
All got, of about five hours. Yeah, I mean, it was a very quick trip into Indianapolis for Marcus Morris. Uh, I don't think he actually made the trip, but <laughs> but uh, he was a pacer, and then the Pacers used him for the leverage to get Doug McDermott from the uh, San Ant- what Spurs, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, McDermott replaces though Buddy Heald, who has finally been traded. Now there's been rumors about Buddy Heald. I kind of liked his role because I felt like. Veteran presence, seemed to be well-liked by his teammates, good good character guy from everything that I've seen. And so I thought he had an important role to play with this team. And uh, apparently the Pacers decided if they're going to have a shooter, they'd rather have McDermott over Buddy Heald. Or maybe the value for Buddy Heald was just too significant for the Pacers to pass up. Yeah. And then they had to replace him, so they went out and got another shooter. And the best one they could get was Doug McDermott. I'm not exactly sure how this all went down. But Buddy Heald goes to the 76ers. And what I'm fascinated by is the Sixers engaged with the Pacers. The Sixers engaged with the Celtics, which... You don't do that, do you? <laughs> Not an Atlantic division. You don't make deals with people in your own division, especially a team in the division that you're trying to beat for the division. <laughs> Man, that would just not happen in the NFL. No. Wouldn't happen. It doesn't happen very often in baseball either. Nope. But then I, I see the deals. Where's the one that went uh, Celtics? Uh, where, where was it? The Celtics and the Sixers got involved in a late trade. There, Jaden Springer. Goes from the Sixers to the Celtics for a second-round pick. I mean, you just don't make deals with your division rivals. Uh, the Celtics trading Delano, is it Delano Banton? Yep. Yeah. To the Portland Trailblazers for a <laughs> heavily protected second-round sure. pick. Not just protected, it's a heavily protected second-round pick. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are trading Robin Lopez to the Sacramento Kings. Then Lopez is expected to be waived and become a free agent. Uh, sometimes I don't get this. <laughs> no, I, I thought he was a good backup center on the Bucks, but what do I know? But what's the point in trading him to be waived? Does anybody understand that exactly? Is anybody a NBA salary cap expert yeah, I don't that know. knows <laughs> how that works? That uh, is it that when you send him to another team, you get out of paying something? I, I don't know how that works, that the, the, the Bucks would be sending Robin Lopez to the Kings, and then the Kings will waive him so he can become a free agent. Okay. Okay. Uh, what are the highlights? Were there any Patrick Beverly goes to the Milwaukee Bucks campaign? Second round pick goes to the 76ers. Uh, Campaign's been around a while. Yeah, he 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 has. He's kind of just one of those long, lengthy shooter kind yeah, of guys. Yeah, one of those guys that everybody likes to have on their roster, but doesn't have a permanent home. Never sticks around. The uh, the the Mavericks picked up P.J. Washington uh, from the Hornets. They're sending Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a first round pick hmm. to the Hornets. So just getting rid of Grant and improving a little bit there with P.J. Uh, what's, is that the biggest, I don't know. That's about the biggest other than the next one. Gordon Hayward. That one's kind of big. Yeah. What's big is we didn't realize Gordon Hayward was still in the NBA. (laughs) Goes to the Thunder. Where was it? Where where was Gordon Hayward? He was with Charlotte, but I believe he's been dealing with injuries. That's the story of his career. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to see, I I, I don't think I've seen him play for, for a while. Uh, four, six, eight, six, two. Kelly Olenek. Uh, you gonna, you gonna, Okai, 
Abaji? Ochai. Ochai Abaji. He was, Abaji. Uh, he was on Kansas, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And I knew how to say his name when he was on Kansas. Now I forgot. <laughs> uh, but uh, they go to the Raptors. Yep, yep. And then the Raptors also, got, they got rid of Dennis Schroeder. Uh, yep. They got they got Spencer Dinwiddie from the Nets, but they're actually expected to waive Dinwiddie. So Raptors just freeing up cap space, and uh, Dinwiddie will probably sign with a contender. Uh, four six eight six two Sparkview Sports Medicine text line four six eight six two. Once again, the Pacers involvement. They trade Buddy Heald to the Seventy Sixers for Marcus Morris. Then they turn Morris into uh, a trade for Doug McDermott. So what the Pacers did was ultimately, if you look at the roster, they've traded Heald for McDermott based on what you're going to see on the court. And in the process, they pick up uh, Furkan Korkmaz. NBA legend, Turkey. <laughs> he uh, he is going to be joining the Pacers. So everybody that was holding out for the Pacers <laughs> to make their move for Korkmaz, today's your day. Uh, putting Turkey on the map. And the Pacers also did acquire Corey Joseph from the Golden State Warriors. Oh. Corey Joseph was uh, with the Pacers for a while. He was. Uh, the Warriors. Now, how, ma- how much did the Warriors kind of sell off? You know who plays tonight? The Warriors and the Pacers. <laughs> yeah, so, but Corey Joseph was probably already in town. <laughs> can he yeah. clear his physical and Ooh. get the paperwork so he could just jump locker rooms and play against <laughs> his former team, which was his team when he woke up this morning? That might be record time. Well, but the other thing is he's probably pretty well uh, abreast of the game plan. <laughs> Think about the info the Pacers could get from Corey oh, Joseph. Man. You know, They probably already had their game plan meetings, and then Joseph gets traded. And so, uh, yeah, he could probably tell Rick Carlisle, well, here's what they're planning on doing tonight. Here's how they're going to defend Halliburton. Here's how they're going to defend Siakam or whatever it might be. That's why they traded for him, probably. Yeah, tomorrow he'll be waived. <laughs> uh, you only play the Warriors one time a year in Indianapolis. This was the chance. So let's go ahead and pick up a guy from the Warriors. If we can't get Wiggins, who can we get off their roster that can give us the game plan for tonight? <laughs> uh, but... Uh, but yeah, so uh, Corey Joseph and Doug McDermott. Uh, Joseph going to be in? I don't know if he's man. He's a borderline rotation player, right? Right. I think it kind of depends on the health of Tyrese Halliburton. I think these guys are kind of just uh, insurance, insurance policies, policies to have on the bench just to provide some extra depth. Of course, yeah. McConnell's dealt with an injury, but four six eight six two is Parkview Sports Medicine text line four six eight six two. And we did get a text about it. Someone said, "Don't know why everyone is saying the Pacers got fleeced. We gave up an expiring contract in Heald and got better defensively." Um, I'm I'm not necessarily moved by either side of these deals. Yeah. Um, I, you know, first of all, if Doug McDermott's going to play Buddy Heald's minutes, I don't know that you can say you got better defensively. Is McDermott that much better? Now, maybe he brings the ability to grab an occasional rebound that Buddy Heald didn't. But um, but then the question is, how did do, how does he fit on the floor with a Turner Siakam? Then you add McDermott. Uh, it, it's going to come down to matchups as to how those minutes are distributed. And does he play with the second unit to provide them a shooter and some extra scoring? That's that's probably where you're going to see McDermott. Most of his minutes are probably going to come without guys like Halliburton, uh, Turner, and Siakam on the floor. 
And uh, they'll just have to try to mold him into a spot with that roster. And it probably won't be until, I mean, he probably won't have a regular role defined at least until after the All-Star break. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine. Text line 46862. Have you been keeping up on your Super Bowl bets? Um, no, I haven't, but I, I like hearing about all the, the crazy ones that are out there, some of the, the wacky ones. Um, I like hearing about them, too. What do you got? Oh, I got to let me let me get some up here. Do you ha- oh, do you? I, I was wondering what you had. Uh, you know, I had one of those days today where I could not break away from the phone, <laughs> uh, the email. And so I had to ask you what's happening with the NBA, because I have not been able to keep up one iota today. I, I haven't been able to look at Twitter. I don't even know what's been tweeted or what's been exited or right. whatever well, you call it now. We can start off with the classic, uh, the Gatorade bath. Right? All right. So what are the colors? Yeah. Right now we've got purple at plus 275, orange plus 325, blue 375, yellow slash green slash lime at plus 375, red and pink is at plus 400. Clear or it being water is at plus 1,100, and no Gatorade bath is plus 2,000. Uh, what do we think about the clear or the water? Uh, it's always got to be Gatorade, doesn't it? It just It's for the photo op, right? Yeah, you can't I have don't, water. I mean, it's in a Gatorade container, so yeah. we aren't going to know. We're just That's why they have to say Gatorade clear or water, because all we'll know is the color of it. I think it really depends on and if what, it's colorless, then right. that's what we'll, we'll call it. On which one the player grabs, you know, it's all about which one the players go to grab. Because all of the all of the teams use Gatorade coolers, right? The big five, but there are yeah. some that are filled with water, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a chance that one. A well, water, I'm thinking at 1100. Yeah. Isn't that that the odds to play? Because you get both clear and and a Gatorade flavor at least. Is there a clear Gatorade? I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, there is a clear or white Gatorade, Ooh. and then you and then water, which I think is a possibility. Um, All right. I just Andy Reid. Would you dump dump something sticky on Andy Reid? Hmm. I don't know. I uh, <laughs> the mustache. No, there's probably 49ers fans right now that are saying, "Why did you say they dump it on Andy Reid? You're forgetting that the 49ers are going to win this game." Yeah, sure they are. Uh, but for Shanahan, uh, I think that's the odds on favorite. Now, what about? The, do they have anything on the national anthem at this point? There is. Um, there's the length of the national anthem. Okay, I can tell you this: it's about a it's about a minute forty two, minute forty three on an average performance of the national anthem. So anytime you go over that, you're slowing it down. If you try to beat that, it's going to be very quick. But I mean, we've had times of like two oh eight, two ten, two minutes, um, and it's almost always been under, at least in the bets I've placed. What do they have for the time? Minute fifty five. Right now, it's at 84 and a half. So that's a minute and 25, minute minute 24 and a half. Heck, are they doing the sped up? They doing the dance version of uh, the national anthem? It says this year's total open to 84 and a half, which would make it a historically quick anthem performance for the Super Bowl. Uh, it moved to 87 and a half, but it settled back at 86 and a half. Who's doing the national anthem? Reba McIntyre. Is she that quick? I don't know. I'm not a Reba expert. I can't. I can't say one way or the other. I'm but trying yeah. to think. 
is some, a country version of the national anthem that much faster? Some books are now up to 90.5, so you're looking at a minute and a half, but still. Everybody's jumping on that over. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I uh, I mean, it, it would be not the fastest version you've heard at 90, but it would be quick. You'd have to move right through the anthem. Apparently, to try to get it under a minute and a half. Apparently at the 1997 World Series, Reba sang it in 83 seconds. Wow. Wow. Oh, do we have that anywhere? We might have to find that. We might have to find that and just listen to what it sounds like at 83 seconds. Hey, there's also a length of the national anthem prop for Canadian bettors, which is set at, uh, is that only Canadian bettors can bet on that? No way. No, no. Well, no I, I don't know. I guess the question is, uh, the prop bets, some of the prop bets, maybe they're not available for mobile betting in all states. Right. Maybe it has to actually be a game bet. So that might be why. <laughs> but, they're, they're, but their seconds are the same as our seconds, right? Eight, absolutely. 84 and a half is still a minute 24. Uh, wow. There's a Taylor Swift prop bet. Uh, shocker. That's a shocker. Will the Super Bowl MVP mention Taylor Swift? If offered, yes is plus 750 and no is minus 1600. Well, so the payout isn't, I mean, because your first assumption is they're probably not going to mention Taylor Swift. 93% of the bets are on yes right now. Really? Yeah. Unless they think Travis Kelsey's going, why would they mention Taylor Swift? I don't know, but as of right now, according to Yahoo Sports, Travis Kelsey is the most bet player to win the Super Bowl MVP. Really? At 1,300-plus odds for that bet. Oh, that's just a bunch of Swifties that want to <laughs> see Taylor Swift's boyfriend have a good game, and so they're betting on him. Wow. A lot of fun bets, though, definitely. Yeah, 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Let's get caught up with the world of sports. Here comes today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. All right, and speaking of the big game, according to a new poll from Associated Press, 4 in 10 U.S. adults are extremely or very excited for at least one part of the big game on Sunday's full day of festivities, whether that's the game, commercials, the halftime show, or the puppy bowl. 25% of U.S. adults are excited for the actual game itself. Another 27% are somewhat excited for the game. And about half polled said they are not too or not at all excited for the big game on There's Sunday. There's not a percentage of those that are excited to see Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Because, you know, that's one of the big things is Taylor Swift being at the Super Bowl. Because, remember, they've tried to get her to perform and her deal with Coke and the Pepsi sponsorship <laughs> has been a conflict. Unfortunately, this poll was taken before the two final teams oh, in the game were, were okay. decided. Okay. The 10-2 and two Purdue Boilermakers now have a one-and-a-half game lead at the top of the Big Ten men's basketball standings. The number 11 AP-ranked Wisconsin Badgers fell to the lowly Michigan Wolverines <laughs> last night. 72-68. Lovely rendition there, Brett. Thank you. I just Was, wanted to provide your music bed. Thank that. you. Wisconsin now sits in third in the Big Ten at 8-4. and four. The Illini are in second at 8-3. and three. And Adelise Garcia and the Texas Rangers agreed today to a two-year, $14 million contract. The deal avoids a salary arbitration hearing for the AL Championship Series MVP and the World Series champions. The deal through 2025 is pending a physical. And those are your top stories today, Brett. How did Wisconsin go to Michigan and lose to the lowly Michigan Wolverines? Uh, I don't know.
that's not a good, not a good uh, outcome for Wisconsin. It's not, and, and actually, to be honest, it's not a good outcome for the Big Ten. No, because then what happens? Wisconsin goes down in their net ranking. They go down in their Ken Palm, and then the problem is that again, if a team beats Wisconsin coming up later, they don't earn as much credit because Wisconsin's not as highly ranked. And so that's that's just not good for the Big Ten as a whole. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. Just talking during the commercial break, uh, my memory on Facebook is all the way back to February 8th, 2011. 14, or 13 years ago, and all I posted was a night of big winners with big wins. Snyder by 47, Southside by 21, Concordia by 23, Canterbury by 26, Lures by 48, and Homestead by 55 points. And I wonder if this was a, sectional, a girls' sectional round, because a lot of times... I think especially 13 years ago, you had some one-sided matchups when you got into sectional play, and it's possible. But to see a number like 47 for Snyder, 48 for Lures, 55 for Homestead. But I didn't say whether it was girls or boys basketball. I should have known when I put this out that 13 years later, I would be looking at it thinking, what was I talking about? Like I can remember. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine Text Line. Always a pleasure to have you joining us and taking you home after your work day. If you've got any questions, comments, or suggestions, let us know what's on your mind. 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. And we've got Kent Sterling, who's going to be joining us coming up in just a couple of minutes. Last night, tough night at the Coliseum for the Mastodons. It was like watching the game that took place in Cleveland two and a half weeks ago all over again. And that game in Cleveland, Mastodons had a 15-point second-half lead. Last night, they had an 11-point second-half lead. In the game again in, in Cleveland, Drew Lauder, six foot guard for Cleveland State, decided to go all Steph Curry on the Mastodons, hit two ridiculous threes and a mid range pull up from just outside the left elbow. Last night, two ridiculous threes and a left elbow jumper on a pull up. The 11-point lead evaporated last night, just like the 15-point lead did in Cleveland. And the Mastodons end up falling to Cleveland State. 75-72 was the final, despite a 22-point night for Rasheed Bellow and 21 from Jalen Jackson. Last two games, Jackson has been over 20 points. He had 23 against Youngstown State on Sunday and then... Uh, piled on 21 last night on 8 of 12 shooting from the field and 5 of 6 shooting at the free throw line. And uh, just unfortunate that the Dons had that hot streak by Louder, much like they faced in Cleveland. And that uh, one three-minute stretch kind of swung the game from being a comfortable lead for the Mastodons, which they held through most of the contest, to a Cleveland State advantage that the Mastodons and Cleveland State kept exchanging punches. I mean, it went back and forth for like three minutes. One team was ahead by a point, the other team ahead by a point, then it was a two-point game, then it was tied. And so it kept going back and forth. But unfortunately, Cleveland State had a one-point lead, five seconds left. Don's foul. They make both free throws. 
And with 4.2 seconds, the Dons have the ball under Cleveland State's basket. They inbound it to Rashid Bello, who races on the dribble into the front court, puts on the brake, comes to a jump stop at the three-point line. And his man, who was running along with him, never got the brakes on. I mean, he just went flying on by. So Bello, standing all alone, staring at the basket from the three-point line, down by three, launched it, got it off in time, and missed it. Oh. Just uh, a half step behind the three-point line, so it was it was a very in rhythm three-point shot, and it just didn't go. So the Mastodons didn't get it tied, didn't send it to overtime, and now they head down to Indianapolis, where they'll take on IUPUI uh, coming up tomorrow. In fact, the next two Saturdays they got IUPUI and Detroit, and you certainly hope that the Dons don't stumble in those two because Detroit hasn't won a game all year. And IUPUI has only won a couple in the Horizon League and one of those, yeah, yeah, we we care not to remember, but we do. Got to get revenge. Just doing a little bit of research, it was the uh, IHSA 4A girls basketball tournament where some of those wow. scores were coming from. Uh, Snyder beat East Noble 64-17. to 17. Uh, It was... Southside over Jay County, 58 to 37. And Homestead defeated Northside that evening, 74 to 19. Yeah, it was a lot of one-sided games. And, and you, you would see that even more often then than now, that in girls' basketball, there was a wider range of some of the margins. But uh, anyway, yeah, so I came across that 11 or 13 years ago. Pretty I keep cool. screwing up the math. <laughs> the math is not 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 their strong suit. Uh actually it always was my strong suit, but I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to do it without really looking at it or thinking about it and I'm just messing it up. All right, so coming up tomorrow night or well, it's tomorrow night to me because it's, I almost am pretending this is a Friday show because right. I'm not here tomorrow. No. Shannon Griffith, the coach is going to be filling in for me. Uh, I'll be traveling tomorrow evening down to Indianapolis as the uh, Mastodons take on IUPUI Saturday at noon. But uh, Shannon Griffith will be here. But coming up on Saturday night, the bright lights of a national television audience as the Indiana Hoosiers visit the Purdue Boilermakers. I thought about this. And we're going to talk to Kent Sterling in just a couple of minutes about this exact topic. You look at the five starters for Indiana and match them up with the five starters for Purdue. Pair them up, and let's go back to when they were recruited. Forget about what they've done in college. Just go back to when they were recruited. They were seniors in high school. When you pair them up, is there a single matchup where you would have rather had the Purdue guy? Gabe Cups. Braden Smith. Now, they weren't in, in school together. But if you look at the reputation for Gabe Cups versus Braden Smith, at the time, Smith was a senior uh, at Westfield. And you look at uh, Gabe Cups, what he was doing in high school. Then you look at uh, Trey Galloway, Fletcher Lawyer. Okay, when they're seniors in high school, they're both seniors in high school which wasn't the same year, but what I'm saying is let's take both of them back, senior in high school. Which one of those two guys would you pick, not knowing what they're going to do in college? And somebody's going to say, oh, yeah, but Purdue's got Zach Eady. Malik Renew was at Montverde Academy. 
Malik Renew versus a guy who uh, was a hockey player from Canada. He was big, but that's about all you got was a guy that's going to have to be developed, not a real, a very raw basketball player, versus a guy who was good enough to go to Montverde Academy and uh, and the Hoosiers picked him up. I mean, there is not a matchup. Khalil Ware versus Mason Gillis. Not even close. There is not a single pairing where if you go back to high school, you'd have taken the Purdue guy. And where are they now? Amazing. Amazing. Value of coaching and player development. We got to talk to Ken Sterling about that. So we'll take a break. We'll come back and Ken Sterling will join us on the other side. Thursday edition of the Sports Rush on Thursday, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Oh, we got some warm temperatures. Whether you get out and play a little golf, maybe you shoot some hoop, try to enjoy the weather while we got it. You know, it's one of those things where we're going to have six inches of snow on the ground probably within the next couple of weeks. Which oh, yeah. got, that's why at this time of year, when you get a day like this, which really reminds me when Indianapolis hosted the Super Bowl, it was this type of weather, right? 50s, 60s, it was an unbelievable warm week down in Indy. And I'll bet our next guest remembers that week quite well. Joining us from Indianapolis, it is Ken Sterling from KenSterling.com and Kent. You remember the great weather that Indianapolis provided for all of our guests from the NFL that Super Bowl week? I do. I brought my whole staff over. All the programming guys came over from St. Louis, and I told them how much they were going to love India. And a lot of people hadn't been to Indianapolis yet, and they had a great time. Like Tuesday through that, everybody went home, I think, Saturday before the game. They had an awesome time, and that's why... The investment of the Super Bowl was really worthwhile. We we got kissed by the weather. The the goodwill that was then dispersed across the world because of the good time that people had in Indianapolis, I don't think you can buy that kind of publicity. The guys in St. Louis are still talking about Indy positively because of the week they spent here. Well, and you got to take advantage of all the advantages that Indy has when they host an event like this, which is to be able to walk outside, go from venue to venue and from restaurant to restaurant and uh, enjoy the shopping, the hotels, never have to get in your car, not freeze your tail off. So, I mean, the whole week couldn't have been better for what happened down in Indianapolis that week. Kent, I, I got to talk to you about these Indiana Hoosiers, and it depends if we talk about the first 22 minutes of the game or the last 18 yeah. as to what our yeah. perspective is because Indiana fell behind badly against a real struggling Ohio State team. That's the pessimistic side. That might be the Monday story because on Optimism Wednesday, the story would be the last 18 minutes where the Hoosiers <laughs> come flying back. Trey Galloway can't miss. He is an All-American, and uh, the Hoosiers end up picking the win, getting the win. What What did we learn about Indiana? Well, what uh, what we learned is what I think we already knew a little bit from that Iowa experience the week before, and that's that Anthony Leal plays winning basketball. And it doesn't matter that he's not the most glamorous athlete with the greatest length and wingspan and gets the most deflections. He just knows where to be. He knows how to communicate so others on the floor know where to be. And Indiana, when he's on the floor, all of a sudden starts to function like an absolutely good basketball team. And I hope that Mike Woodson has seen that enough 
to allow him to start Anthony Leal uh, Saturday night wow. against Purdue because that that is how you play winning basketball. You know that that's what happens. Braden Smith is, is a better basketball player than Anthony Leal, but he's that kind of guy where you, where you look at him and you think, ah, oh, this kid ought to be playing intramurals. But he gets out on the floor, and all of a sudden, basketball game or basketball is a game that he can play really well. And and not only can he play well, but he can lift the rest of the the rest of his guys. He can lift the other four, and that's what Leal does. And and if you don't respect that, and if you don't recognize that, I can't help you. Kid, <laughs> I made this point uh, earlier this week, and then we saw it kind of play out in the game against Ohio State, I said that Indiana has looked like a team that plays for the name on the back of the jersey, which, of course, at Indiana, they don't have a name on the back. But they play right. for they play for themselves much more than they play for the program or play for the teammates, and, and they don't feel like they're accountable to their teammates for the way they perform or the way they play. And I, I found it kind of interesting that after the game, Anthony Leal actually tweeted something about playing for the name on the front of the jersey. Because who are the two guys that really keyed this win? Trey Galloway, Anthony Leal. What do they have in common? Yep. Indiana basketball, born and bred. Those guys know how to play. They know what wins at Indiana mean to this state, and they delivered. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, and and it, is the, it is those guys who come to Indiana because, you know, an assistant coach or all the coaches fall in love with their five stars instead of what they can do on a basketball court in terms of helping a team win. And you look at a team like Purdue, I don't know how many of those guys are ever going to play in the NBA. Maybe none. Maybe Edie never gets a sniff. I don't know. Maybe he does. I hope that he does. But the guys at Indiana all think they're going to be in Indiana for a little bit, and then they're going to jump to the NBA, and that's what they've been working toward in private workouts since they were nine years old, and that's what their lives have been about. It's been about getting a taste of the NBA because that puts their entire family on easy street. And it validates that, that investment both in time and in dollars as far as those private training sessions, which tend to be a little bit expensive. To I went through it myself with my son. And, and so you're putting money out there. And if you don't get that money back, these families are going to get a little bit agitated, I would think. And so they're thinking about the NBA, and they're not thinking about winning a Big Ten title, and they're not thinking about hanging a sixth banner or any of that. But a guy like Leal, who grew up in Bloomington, or Galloway, who spent a lot of time in his youth in Carmel before his dad uh, wound up at Culver Military Academy, you know, those guys kind of get it, and, and they understand it. And, and I think Leal is a really interesting kid in that, Last year he was a part, and, and my nephew's in it now, so I know I know what he's doing. Uh, Leal took an entrepreneurial course last year where his business model as an entrepreneur was to provide a venue where he could he could go out or have those go out, generate NIL dollars, and then have that dispersed within the entire athletic department. So Anthony Leal is like you talk about Indiana being the crossroads of America. Anthony Leal at Indiana is the crossroads of NIL money. So you can do both. You know, you can take care of yourself from an NIL perspective and take care of others while playing winning basketball. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just can't. If, if you're going to, 
if you got the name on the front and the name on the back, and you're somewhere in between, your heart serves both masters. That's okay. But you you can't just serve the name on the back and have that team be any kind of functional operation at all. And and I think that that is what coaches get that way, and you know this. Mm-hmm. Like coaches, they'll look, they'll go with the talent, especially under duress. When things get goofy and, and the seat gets a little bit warm, all of a sudden they throw culture out the window and they gravitate toward talent because you can't win without it, they don't think. And you wind up absolutely crushing yourself and your soul because you've invested in kids who will not invest in you. They're only investing in themselves. And uh, I want to get your take on this because I just brought it up before we had you on. That if you match up when the teams take the court on Saturday night and you look at who guards who and you take that pairing and you go back to when those two kids were seniors in high school. And so sometimes it might be a year ago, might be four years ago. But when those kids were seniors in high school and you look at them, uh, out of the five pairings that you see on the court, Purdue, Indiana, is there a single Purdue kid that you would pick as a senior in high school over the other one that wears the cream and crimson? Because, I mean, I, I look at it and I'm like, I don't know if there's a single player that plays for Purdue, that when you match them up and go back to their senior year of high school, that I would take over the guy Indiana got. And I don't know what that says about the program, but do you agree? You know, I kind of do agree. And I I know that Fletcher Lawyer and Caleb First weren't really, they were recruited peripherally by Indiana. And, and Purdue really targeted them. And, Mm -hmm. and First has, has some work to do to get on the floor and, and really become a productive part of that program from an in-game perspective. But uh, you know what? I, I would have taken, and this is a kid who comes off the bench and does it with a smile, and that's Trey Kaufman-Wren. Like, Trey Kaufman-Wren, I probably, well, would I have taken him over in Baco? Probably not. But he was an awfully good player down at Silver Creek, and and he was a guy that I thought Indiana really needs to get, and and they didn't. You, you shouldn't lose out like losing out to Northern Indiana uh, with Northern Indiana kids to Purdue or anybody or even Michigan State. All right, sometimes you're going to lose to them, but a kid from Silver Creek, you can't lose a kid from Silver Creek if you're Indiana University, and and so I thought that that was kind of damning as far as their focus on in-state guys. But, no, I I, I agree with you, uh, man. I mean, I look at – okay, to, let's go through. Ooh. Cups versus Braden Smith when they were seniors in high school. Yo, I, you definitely take Cups. You definitely take Cups. Fletcher yeah. Lawyer, Trey Galloway. Yeah, I would take Lawyer for sure. You I would, would still take Lawyer. You would take Lawyer. Okay, there's, yeah. one, there's one Boilermaker that he would take over Galloway, although Galloway was pretty highly – uh, highly considered because of his father and because of an in-state guy. But uh, we got uh, Mbako. Mbako would be matched up with uh, Lance Jones, I think. that That's a mismatch. You'd take Mbako yeah, you'd all day, all take night. Mbako there. Yeah. yeah. Then you get to the front line, and you've got uh, Khalil Ware versus Mason Gillis or, or Trey Kaufman-Wren. You're going to take Wren over Khalil Ware when they were seniors in high school? No, he was a McDonald's All-American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even even though you love Trey Kaufman-Wren, 
you're still going to take right. the and then you look at center Malik Renew from Montverde Academy down in Florida versus Zach Eady, a hockey player from Canada who just happened to be really big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to almost all IU, and and it's funny you mentioned Galloway's dad because Lawyer's dad is one of the reasons yeah. that I take Lawyer. You know that heritage and that is sort of that generational kind of knowledge. Uh, about basketball, I love lawyers as a shooter. I did, you know, and I, what's funny is I saw Lawyer play probably 15 high school games while he was here with Homestead, and I didn't think he was going to cut it because I thought this kid's too skinny. He's going to get bounced around and yeah. just out physicaled in the Big Ten. Yeah, and he, you know he's held his own. But again, that's that's the part of player development. Even if you would have taken Lawyer, you knew where he needed to be better. And you've seen that development. He's he's played a little more physical. He's improved his defense. And, and you know, he was a shooter and he could score. But there were other parts of his game that I thought, is he really going to be able to handle the rigors of Big Ten play? But what does that you know, say about I, the coaches? I thought exactly the same thing about Ryan Klein. That goes back a few, yeah. uh, a few more years. But Ryan Klein was painfully thin. And I thought, how is he? Well, if you go to Purdue, they're going to hang muscle on you and you're going to be okay. I thought the same thing. This is kind of off topic because you went to Virginia. But I thought Kyle Guy, when I first saw him play summer basketball, I was like, good Lord. He can't weigh 130 pounds. How in the world is he going to go up against collegiate guys and even be able to survive? But he did. He won a national championship. But what does that say about the Indiana coaching staff? Because isn't that their, their ace in the hole? is player development, and yet I think players have developed better at Purdue than what we've seen so far at Indiana. Oh, 100% right. They do a great job. And you can go back to, like, his, when when Painter first got there, a guy like Etwan Moore. Etwan, from freshman to senior, better, better, better. Jawan Johnson, freshman to senior, better, really got better as a sophomore and then really got better as a junior. And, and you thought that he was a little bit frail when he got to Purdue. But mm-hmm. he, he got busy, dedicated himself in the weight room, and became, he's still playing basketball professionally. Uh, so And in, in Juwan was a late first-round guy. So Juwan's made some money coming from Franklin Central High School. He showed up. This, honest to God, this is true, and it makes me sick to my stomach. Because uh, Juwan used to stay at her house. He played youth basketball with my son. And Jawan showed up with his mom at Cathedral High School and said, you know, we, we'd like to come to Cathedral. And they said, we're sorry we're full. Or, sorry we're full. Jawan Johnson on that Cathedral team back in 2007 would have won state in a walk. And Cathedral just said, no, no, thank you. I wish he'd have called me. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, they're not supposed to be recruiting, Kent. You know that. Not only didn't they recruit, they repelled. <laughs> they told him no. <laughs> uh, all right, so tell me about Saturday night. Is there any chance for Indiana and for a miracle to happen? What has to happen for the Hoosiers? You know, I think there is. I, in fact, I think Indiana's going to win this game. I think there's so much at stake for Indiana. And I think that if we'll start, and I, I, they got to hit shots. I think they've got to put Mbako on lawyer and just tell him, look, you got to stare at Mbako in the chest or stare at lawyer in the chest. Never, ever leave him. Because when uh, Mackenzie Mbako isn't a bad on ball defender, but when he starts switching, 
and and you start you know kind of nuancing the defense a little bit, he gets lost, really lost, and Purdue will take full advantage of that. The first time down in Bloomington, Lawyer went four for four from beyond the arc. So you put Mbako on Lawyer, have him just stare at his chest and mirror him all over the floor. I, I And where has got to play? He's got that knee. He sat out practice yesterday. He's got to play, and he can't get into foul trouble. If Edie gets 33-16, and 16, I don't care. You can't get beat by Jones, and you can't get beat by Lawyer. And I think Indiana can find a way to hang in this game through the first half. And, and then the second half has got to be a possession-by-possession effort where they never lose focus. Ken, are you sure when you were ringing that bell the other night, you didn't accidentally hit yourself in the head while you were doing it? Because you're talking hey, like a crazy hey, man right now. Michigan beat Wisconsin last night. <laughs> Lots of things can happen. Basketball's a funny game. Yeah, it can be. It can take some pretty funny bounces at times. Can't always enjoy having you on the show. Looking forward to our next conversation. Have a great weekend. You're the best, Brett. Thanks. Thank you. That is Kent Sterling joining us on the guest line. <laughs> He thinks Indiana's going to win. Oh, man. He called it. So if Indiana wins, we got to give Kent Sterling the credit. We'll play it. We'll play his prediction. That's bold. That's very bold. All right. We got to take a timeout. We got another hour on the way. We'll be talking to Greg Rakestraw and get a preview of the girls' high school basketball regionals. We'll also uh, get Rake's take on this big game down in Indy on Saturday. As uh, he's the TV play-by-play voice of the IUPUI Jaguars, so he can tell us what to expect from the Jags in the rematch for the Mastodons coming up on Saturday. Greg Rakestraw by 520. Eric Kevich. he'll have some local flavor on these regional matchups, plus give us a boys' top five. That'll be coming along around 535. Big day, Thursday, Sports Rush, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.